Welcome back, guys. Today, we are going to be talking about the interest rates in 2022 and how crazy things are getting. You want to stay tuned for this one. Hey, everyone. I'm Josh Zuniga, co-founder of the Inside View Real Estate Podcast, where we give you bite-sized pieces of information and give you an inside look on all the major topics, whether you're investor, buyer, seller, or flipper. Stay tuned. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to the Inside View Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Josh Zuniga. I'm here with my amazing co-host, Carl Freund. What's up, man? And today we are going to be talking about what everybody wants to know. What is going on with these interest rates in 2022? Dude, first and foremost, happy fucking birthday. Oh, thank you. He, this is the guy that didn't show up. Yeah, I'm the guy. That, well, this is why I'm doing that now publicly. Oh, yeah, okay. He's trying to like, make Trying up to redeem it. I get just it. a little bit. I get it. I get it. But I yeah, interest it. rates are fucked up. Yeah, interest rates are going crazy. And obviously, everybody knows it's going in the news and everybody's seeing that there's rates happening. At, what have we had? Four? How many rates? How many rates increases? Well, well, increases well, we should had? probably distinguish that, right? So, like, yeah. if when people are like, oh, we had eight. In, Interest rate increases. Well, yeah, we give them the breakdown. I know you want to get into the the nitty gritty of this stuff right. too. It's really so, good stuff. So here's the economics of this thing, yeah. and I have a degree, so I can kind Pay of attention speak to him, guys. Halfway intelligent. Yeah, he knows what he's talking so, about. So the federal funds rate is what the interest rate everybody's talking about, right? And it was zero for a long time. And what the federal funds rate is is the interest rate that the Federal Reserve will loan banks to cover the reserve requirement overnight. Okay, and so Bank of America has a reserve requirement and call it you know, $500 billion. They have to have 500 billion liquid assets. If they fall below that, they have to borrow the difference from the Federal Reserve overnight to meet that requirement. That is the interest rate that we're talking about. So what happens is uh, interest rates, when they're low, banks like to loan a lot more money and they make a little bit of a differential there. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is, is that they make money on the spread in between whatever money they're borrowing at, you know, the interest rate they're borrowing at to the interest rate that you as a consumer pays, Mm -hmm. right? So if they're borrowing money at, 1%, but they're loaning money at 6%. They're making 5% on somebody else's money. That's their spread. That's their spread. And so what we're seeing is that the federal funds rate is increasing so that it slows down the pace of lending, right? It slows the velocity of money down. And so that's the federal rate. Um, Mortgage rates are really based off of the 10-year treasury, which is another bond. It's a bond, you know, and and mortgages are bonds. We should make that distinction. A mortgage is a bond, okay? So... Um, that's what we're looking at when we see like the actual mortgage rates is based on the 10 year note. And, and so fucking a, that's a long description. That's, that's, of that. that's the big description. Yeah. That's a big that's description, a description of that. Description. But when you see, you know, people talking about interest rates, that's really what they're talking about. The mortgage rates, the mortgage rate that they yeah. see is the federal funds rate has a little bit of an impact on it, but very slightly it's more economic sentiment mm-hmm. than anything. You know, the economy is, you know, the Fed is trying to slow down. Yeah. It's red hot right now. Yeah. Red hot. We got supply chain issues. We got massive inflation. And one of the ways to curtail inflation is to slow the economy down by slowing consumer demand down by pulling money out of the economy. And that's what they're doing. You yeah. know? So that's what you're seeing right now. How often do the interest rates actually change? Uh, every 10 minutes, every yeah. five minutes, instantly. All the time. Instantly. Yeah. yeah. And so look, when I was in the mortgage industry, and I was in the mortgage industry for almost a decade, we would get interest rate hikes three times a day, four times a day. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, I used to fax them over. Oh my yeah, goodness, so yeah. that's how old I am. Yeah. But you know, you get a fax and you'd be like, "Oh shit, the interest rates jumped a half a point." Yeah, you know, that's a big jump. You know, and so what we saw in the past really two months is the interest rates on mortgages has been increasing at a faster rate than we've ever seen in the past forty years. Mm-hmm. And so that's what people are kind of freaking out about, and it affects affordability in the housing market. Right? Go to my YouTube video, like and subscribe, dang it! But I made a video about this about two years ago talking about this. And I was like, what is the craziness in the real estate market? 
and why are we seeing massive appreciation? And it comes down to affordability because people buy homes based on what they can afford on a month, same way people buy cars. Hey, I can afford 500 bucks a month for a car. Bam, here's your lineup, right? You're getting, you know, X, Y, or Z. Same thing with houses. Hey, I can afford $2,000 a month. Well, here's the band, you know, of, you know, here's the 400,000 to 450,000, right? But when the interest rates come down, that same 2,000 might now afford you a $500,000 house. And so that's why we saw that massive appreciation is because people can actually afford more because money is cheap. Yeah. So that leads me to another question. Like, do you foresee the real estate, the buyer market slowing down? Absolutely. It already has. Yeah. So just like case in point. So their interest rates from what it was in December to what it is now, that's the same person trying to qualify with the same credit score, same finances is probably going to pay anywhere from like seven to $900 more. I would say depending on the average borrower, a borrower yeah. than what they were, you know, for almost five months ago. Ridiculous. Reason why I say that is because as an investor, I was able to get in a loan at, at three, six, five, right? That same loan now is going to put me at five, eight, mm. five, eight. Re- that's in- that's insane. insane. For your average primary, um, primary resident, that's actually going to be living in the property. You're now in the fives, mm-hmm. whether you you were in the three sixes, maybe even lower, three fives. That makes a huge difference. It's the reason difference. why yeah. I say that uh, is because there's a huge, a huge, well, my parents own a credit reporting agency, a huge um, difference in what, how many mortgage applications were actually being pulled. And for the, yeah. And for them. Dude, actual, that's an important point to, to make right now. Yeah. Can you state that again? Because I think, I don't know if people Big really one. understand the consequence of what you just said. Okay. There's a dramatic decrease in loan applications that are being pulled since December until now. Okay. Yeah. So what is the effect of whatever that is? And you brought up affordability, right? Affordability is definitely a factor. The person that didn't buy in 2021 and is still considering in 2022, you may not even qualify mm-hmm. for the house that you did qualify in December. And we're going to have another episode where they're going to talk about, you know, some other things, even when it comes to like new builds about qualifying, but that is a huge thing. So if mortgage, uh, if mortgage applications are down, what is that foreseeing as far as, you know, the future within the real estate market itself? That's a big one too, right? Well, yeah, I think you brought up another good point too. And, and so we should add on that. What we're seeing, we had a conversation kind of off screen yeah. was if you're a seller, prospective seller, right? And you're in a house locked in at 2.875%. It's called a $600,000 house. And you're like, I want to upgrade to a $700,000 house in, now your new financing is going to be five and a quarter percent, you know, which is like almost double what you're paying now. Are you going to make that move? And the answer for a lot of people, I think is going to be no. So what happens is that inventory is not available to the market anymore, Mm -hmm. right? Like what that turnover would have been is no longer available. And so it's going to reduce the supply of homes. And so when people are like, Oh, I'm waiting for the crash. And Justin, and I were just talking about this a minute ago. I don't know if there's going to be a crash. Right, because if you look at it, like it's supply and demand. Mm-hmm. If there's less supply but demand is still strong, prices will probably remain the same, even though affordability is down. Because the seller's like, yeah, I don't need to sell. I'm not going to get off my two point eight seven five percent. Yeah, right. As, as, as rightfully so. So I had a really good conversation with Mike Burke from JFQ Lending mm-hmm. this morning, literally an hour. This is my meeting right before this mm-hmm. about you know consumers and what they're doing, and what he said was very very telling. And he says we're up HELOCs by a lot. 
ah, by a lot. Yeah. And that makes sense. And now I'm thinking about it from a consumer. I'm in my house, right? And I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like moving. What am I going to do? If my needs changed, I need a bigger house. I might do what a Josh Zuniga would do, would be put an addition on it. You know, I might rehab it. I might put a pool in. I might upgrade it. I might, you know, and you can pull the equity out, right? Because you have a ton of equity sitting in the house. Mm-hmm. It's all available to you. And relatively speaking, I don't want to be all doom and gloom and shit. When I started in the industry, you know, my start rate on a first mortgage, first mortgage without pricing exceptions was 12.74%. Okay. And wow. we could buy it down and we can get rate exceptions down to like the eights, like the high eights. Then when 9-11 happened, we saw that massive drop, right? Because the Fed wanted to accelerate the economy. They made money cheap again. And we saw that 10-year yield come down. And that's when mortgage rates, you know, drop below seven. And we're like, holy shit, we're never going to see this again in our life. Mm-hmm. You know, they hit six and a half percent. I lost my freaking mind. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, everybody's getting refied. You're getting a refi. I was like, Oprah, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're getting a refi. You're getting a refi. <laughs> By everybody getting a refi, you know, and so, you know, now we're talking about at some point. I don't think we're going to see two point eight seven five percent in our lifetimes without some kind of drastic economic pause, right? Like mm-hmm. something drastic would have to happen in order for them to drop the rates again down that low. Yeah, to make and, money well, that cheap. and to be clear of like, why would they actually drop the rates? You know, so far so significant to do what? If we do hit a recession or if we do hit, you know, some ec- uh, economic downturn, they they drop the rates so they can start stimulating the economy again, yep. get more people to buy. Same thing they did in 08. You know, they did the same thing with the cars, mm-hmm. right? They were giving all these incentives for you to get <laughs> the in. buy back. Right, right. Yeah. And it was like, oh, was it cash for, cash cash for, for clunkers? clunkers? Yeah, yeah, cash for clunkers. Same thing. So they're going to try and figure out what is going to be the new you know, infrastructure, the new model that we're going to implement, you know, for people to get more comfortable with the economy again. Right now, everybody's talking about there's a recession, there's a recession, there's a recession. Well, case in point, guys, if there is going to be a recession, hey, be prepared for it, right? In some way, shape or form. The reason why I say that, because when I look back on and I have foresight on what I saw in 2008, they were talking about the recession six months before it actually happened. And if they start marketing, oh yeah, there's a recession, here's all the information, here's all the data, then yeah, people, what's going to happen in the market? People are going to lock up. They're going to stop spending. The economy is going to slow down. And even here with what we have, we have increased interest rates, like you were talking about, slowing down mortgage applications. We have, uh, because, of these, um, because of these interest rates, now you have less sellers coming into the market. So you have less supply, less demand. Right. That would be price equal. Yeah. So yeah. now we're going to like start leveling out, you know, on things. So you passed over something I think was really fundamentally important. Yeah. Perception creates reality. Perception is everything, guys. Perception. So if people are starting to perceive that the economy is slowing down, what do they do? They naturally pull back. What does that do? It slows down the economy. Everything. Yeah. So it's perception creates the reality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of those things. I know I believe it. Ask, believe, receive. You know, start people start thinking that, right? They're putting that thought out there. Well, the economy is going to slow down. And what happens? The economy is going to slow down. Yeah. And so when you see consumer sentiment or buyer sentiment change, then we will see drastic change in the market. And so in order to curtail inflation, we got to fix this fucked up supply chain. Got to do it, man. You know, so I think that's one of the biggest things that we could do as um, the government can come in and help to fix that. They haven't done shit for it yet. Uh, but as soon as they can fix that stuff, then I think we'll see inflation tamper mm-hmm. and then I think we can get back to a normal economy. Yeah. So let's give, let's end on a note of like, um, giving some valuable advice of what we would do if you were or a buyer 
And what would you do if you're a seller? So if you were a buyer in 2021 and you had to wait till 2022 or for whatever the reason are is, um, you missed the boat one, yeah. right? Interest rates have gone up significantly. Would you recommend that somebody still buy? in in today's market depends on the situation well I, of course everything is situational relocation know, yeah you're probably gonna want to buy in you know if there's a situation where it's like hey look i need to you know get into a house soon i'm gonna say hey look look for a rehab you know so you can add value to glad right? you said that yeah and so you can get into a house for you know i'm gonna say wholesale because even wholesale is kind of retail at this point yeah but maybe a little bit of a discount and then you can get an fha two or three case streamline loan which is a rehab loan right it allows you thirty five thousand in order to upgrade the property that could be new appliances it could be new electric you could put you know a new roof on it um and kind of dial it in the way that you want yeah you know, and, and so add value that way when you're specific when you say like value you you're gonna have to search uh guys for um a house that's obviously gonna meet and it's not in the greatest condition but you can actually add you know some more value to it in case of like the repairs right so you may have Correct. to look, wait a little bit more be get more upper, yeah. be more get patient on exactly the property you're going to get into it's not ideally what you would want it's not turnkey uh, but the long-term investment and strategy to where you're going to get it for a better deal because the interest rates are higher and you can obviously do the upgrades. You may come in at an appraisal that's higher than what you actually have it under contract for. Yeah, that's true. Which is great, yep. right? Which is really, really good. Yeah. And I think, you know, big thing right now is just understanding that I think for me personally, and I'll put it on record publicly, October is going to be the inflection point. It's a big ship and it takes a long time to turn a ship that big. Yeah. You know, we'll be ready guys. We're going to have some more conversations about that here, Indeed. you know, coming before October. Sellers. Should you sell? Yeah. Sellers, sellers, should you sell? Like I said, situational. I, case in point, I have a client right now. She, They want to sell their $1.4 million house. And they're asking, I was like, well, I, I want to sell and I want to take out, I want to get all my equity. But then the houses that right. I'm looking at, I was like, oh, I want to pay cash for it. And I was like, the houses that you want, the area you want to be in, you want to be closer to the kids, grandkids, you're at 800000 with today's rates. Actually, they'd be paying cash, but somebody that's not paying cash, you have to really consider that. Is mm -hmm. this is this a smart financial move? What I say, if you're looking to sell, make sure you're doing something with that money, all right? Don't just, uh, I always don't like to put things all in one basket. I had a case in point, I had another uh, conversation with an individual earlier today. He has $200,000 of equity in his property. Josh, what do I do? I was like, you have the ability to maybe pull some of that out, buy another property, make this one an Airbnb, make a long-term rental. He has the ability to make $1,000 a month on this property. Cash flow on this one, get another one, still raise out the appreciation on the second one, and then duplicate that process. Your money does no good sitting in the bank account. You need to find vehicles that are going to create additional cash flow for you. That's how you create wealth. That's how you create generational wealth. Stop hoarding your cash. It's not doing anything for you except, you know, maybe giving you some sense of security. Yeah, it's devaluing. It's literally yeah. losing value. Yeah. Literally. At, yeah. You know, eight or 10% of your income. Yeah. Right? So, so be smart with your money. Have the conversations with yourself, conversations with your family. Sit down and create a game plan. That's the biggest thing. Create a game plan. There's so many people out there that will watch all these videos, listen to all this content, listen to this podcast, and not do Don't anything. Execute. Exactly. Drive me nuts. Yeah. So, if you have to, talk to a lender, talk to, to an accountant. Talk to a, one of us, you know, a valid resource where we can get you on some framework. Um, so it's going to satisfy your goals here within this year or maybe five, 10 years down near the future. Nailed it. Perfect. All right, guys, that's it for our episode today. Stay tuned for the next one. We can't wait to see you. Love you. Hey, guys, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, do all the things. We want to continue to bring value to you every single episode. But until next time, we'll see you on the inside. 